0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Occasional Barista. My name is Chris, and today we're going to be talking about a little more serious of a topic today. Um, We're going to be going over a little bit of the coffee market internationally, and to kind of put things into perspective the next time you go walk into your favorite coffee shop. I worked again at AOSA Coffee for probably around like three years, three and a half years, um, and it was really a eye opening experience just based off of numbers alone. So, when I was running the coffee program, we were using probably around, um, it's a pretty small operation. So, I would say like 20, uh, 25 to like 30 pounds of uh, coffee um, each week. And that might not seem like a lot for a lot of other coffee shops out there, but if you really put it down to it, when we're talking about, we use like 22 grams of coffee and really it's like a good little handful of coffee beans right there. It's quite remarkable when you start thinking about a, like the bigger chains and how much coffee they go through. And uh, when you go and look back at some documentaries, as well as um, do some research about green bean farms and Um, the farmers themselves and how they actually go through the process and how each bean you know each cherry actually is picked from these trees and the coffee starts as a cherry and some places they're still hand-picked like these farmers are out there and the cherry pickers and they're picking each cherry by hand which is remarkable to me because each cherry contains two seeds and um Well, the beans and the each bean, there's a chance that there's going to go something wrong with the bean. You know, there could be a defect in it. And then that bean is gets tossed. And to think about even just our small little operation of like 20 pounds, 20, 25 pounds, we were ordering like 55 pounds um, on a like bi-monthly basis, I would say, I'm not bi-monthly, like every two weeks basis here and if you were to go and take those numbers and basically of course like times about like 52 weeks in a year we're going through like a thousand three hundred pounds of coffee each year and that again that seems like so much coffee for just a small operation here it's a mom-and-pop shop and you think about how many mom-and-pop shops are out there and then you add that number onto um, Starbucks, and I couldn't I couldn't find too much of recent information about them. But in twenty fifteen, according to Starbucks cup recycling page, they made four billion cups globally each year. So just a rule of thumb, basically, to put that into perspective of how that gets translated into coffee. Well, a four billion cups globally each year again that's one just that's one single chain for one year that's remarkable and i i can't even put that into words how crazy that is but let's go a little bit step further so about 100 cups equals one kilo or 2.2 pounds of coffee beans here so when you do the math that's around 88 million pounds of coffee beans 88 million per year that was just one year and that to me is crazy because I don't. I don't understand how they produce that much coffee. Um, obviously, I did the work and went a little further, just so you guys don't have to. But according to the International Coffee Organization, um, and they put the numbers, of course, in bags of coffee, just to make because oh, so if we kept everything in pounds and pounds, you know, the metric system, and there's other like kilos and all this stuff, but to kind of make sure everyone's on the same page here, we buy, um, roasters buy coffees in bags. And these bags, on average, according to the International Coffee Organization, is around, uh, weigh 132.276 pounds. 132.276 pounds. And that's how much of green coffee is traded, on average, in these bags. So now, let's think about this the global coffee production in 2019 for the 2019 to 2020 year it's estimated at 169.34 million bags that is roughly 22 billion like 22.4 billion the full math is like 22,399,617,140 that's like Insane. That's an insane amount of coffee. 22.4 billion pounds yearly. Again, going back to what I first was talking about farmers, hand picking, hand picking these cherries. And again, not every operation is the same. Some operations have mechanical equipment, but most don't. Um, And the real big problem about this is if we're trading, okay, about 10 to 11 million bags of coffee each month. Again, 1.3 billion, somewhere around there, of pounds of coffee is traded each month. And we're still selling coffee at close to only $1 uh, per pound here. You know, that's what the farmers are making. Like about $1, it fell to like, it fell at some point during, I think, 2018, Um, and we've been constantly around $1 this whole entire time, Um, it fell under $1 at a point. And for a majority of these farmers, that is not even close to what you can make a living wage off of. A living wage. It's not even like, oh, like profitability. No, they're not profitable. This is is the biggest problem right now. And um, to kind of, it's not to like, of course, this is not to preach about, you know, wow, like we need to go like full arms and make sure these people are getting paid because it's a very, very delicate balance and process and making sure these people get paid. And, um, again, one case study to look at is a Forbes article by Jenny Splitter. Um, basically she did an article back in like 2019 on Starbucks and, it was kind of a commending them in a way, but at the same time pointing out some flaws in their system. And again, we call them like the green devil. um, But that's, at the end of the day, I mean, they they forged the way for specialty coffee and um, we wouldn't be where we're at today without them. But it really is going to take these big chains to make a change, to make a new standard. And one of their attempts was the coffee and farmers equity practices. And it's just a standard that they created. um, Cafe for short, uh, you know, Starbucks clever ways right there. But um, it, it really was one of those things where it made standards so they could keep selling at a premium, like their farmers could keep selling to them at a premium. But when you do something like that, the specific farmers you're partnering up with, that's great. And Judging by how much coffee they're using, again, per year, 88 million pounds of coffee, like you, the specific farmers are going to be okay. And just okay. I'm not saying they're making bank here, but I mean, they're going to be okay. The problem is, is you upset that balance, that little ecosystem, little micro economies out there, um, and you tip the scales. Now you have with majority of farmers trading in the sea market of coffee. And all it is is again, coffee is now is a commodity. And how commodities are traded is they're traded on futures basically. So it's an agreement from a purchaser of the beans with the farmers that they're gonna now buy the beans at this specific price, like whatever the price of coffee is now to get that future of the beans itself so when they're grown later in the future okay many times the beans aren't even grown yet it just depends on the year you know um but again it it's at the price right now and the problem is is if we're trading in the sea market where the coffee that's being traded is less than a dollar we had a high in 2011 where it was getting purchased for around like three dollars per pound okay we were doing decent i think they were making like like 56%, uh, profitability, but we're now in the negatives because these people, um, these farmers, it's, it's tough for even us in specialty coffee, because most of the time you're going through a broker and you're not making that partnership directly with the farmers. These, it's a third party broker. Um, and there's multiple parties and you got to think about transportation fees aren't even added in. Um, it's, it's, Insane how these people are even managing to stay alive out there. Um well, and again, a lot of them are moving out because they need these farmers are having to move out of like the coffee industry because it's just not profitable for them. Um and that in that's just it's just you know, it's something that just like breaks your heart because it's these people are working so hard. And it really um, I think it was when I watched. I forget which documentary it was. But um I always quote a film about coffee, but we can even like that's the one that always comes to my head cuz I just watched it recently, but that's a documentary that kind of shows you man like the process that these people go through. And when I visited Peru, that was uh kind of like an eye-opening experience just seeing, you know, these people hand sorting coffee for defects hand-sorting coffee for defects, like, that, like, it's very much just, there's not a lot of automated processes out there, it's, like, it's just remarkable, I mean, we're such an automated, I mean, Amazon's automating all of their, um, and that's been for a long time, but automating all of their, uh, warehouses, you know, uh, their Google, yeah, well, even Amazon has drones that are now delivering packages and you see all those funny memes or videos online of people and they're getting sent downstairs and stuff like that. But it it's just crazy how, again, these people can't afford it. And and part of the reason why they're selling on a lower market um, is because, again, there's different grades of coffee here. It's because they lack the resources to even do a wash process. And wash process is like one of the basic, like that's the like one of the, the, I mean, now we're moving into like lactic and there's anaerobic process and all these other things. But the base, like majority of coffees are arabica, some sort of variety of arabica and washed. And that is, to me, like that we use in specialty coffee, at least. And to me, that's just insane that they don't even have. They have to actually just sell even before they even do a process. Of some, some of the times because they just don't have the capabilities at their farms. And you know, your, your hands are tied and I'm not saying like, again, hyper-focus. I don't, I don't think any hyper-focus on one specific issue, um, again, is going to solve like world problems here. Like if I can't even get into like Mansanto and the whole soybean and, and our domestic issues with farming and how farmers are going through and their hands are tied really. Um, but if that's in America, and it's like crazy to think, man, where we have, we hold ourselves to like such standards and yet we have so much issues domestically. Again, it's hard to be like, Oh, let's go and help those people over there. But the way we help is really about where you put your money to. And I think it, it just speaks volumes based off of, we were taking money away from these bigger chains, these specialty coffee shops. And then you start to see them coming out with, of course, like their reserve is like their higher end coffees. They started doing single origins more and really selling and trying to sell people on like what specialty coffee people sell as people like people on really going diving deep into process and why you're going to spend that extra money and putting in, um, not pour overs, they did the whole um, Clover system, which is like a pour over process, you know, and all these fancy equipment, just so they could start taking some money back from this niche that grew into specialty coffee, well, w- which is specialty coffee. And again, it's it's one of those things where it, the problem we're running into is is not even we're running into it, we're in the problem it's like estimated that like on the way we're running right now, because so many people are having to leave the coffee industry in regards to farmers production, we're going to account for massive shortages in 2040 to 2050. And again, like there, there are a lot bigger problems, I think happening right now with the pandemic, I think um, somewhere in Central America, you know, they were dealing with two hurricanes literally like a week apart I mean there's so many issues going on right now but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't we should just forget you know what we are taking so much like granted for really like we are taking you know especially in a time we're moving towards Thanksgiving well you know it's the holidays or whatever but it's just one of those things that the next time you kind of like brew a cup of coffee and you look at those beans and just to imagine in your head, these farmers outside, you know, worse conditions sometimes just out there, it like crack dawn picking these cherries, you know, it's just, it just is baffling to me. And it really makes me think twice about how I buy coffees, even just for myself. I mean, obviously, as a running a coffee program, you, you're going to develop these and and waste means different things to you especially as a like we're not a roaster so um a lot of the times to make sure coffee doesn't go to waste we would cold brew the older coffees and that's that's a method that you guys at home like a lot i've been noticing a lot of posts um just on forums basically people asking like hey i have i got gifted especially during the holidays if people know you're into coffee, what's their go-to gift to you? Because they're not going to invest in some crazy machine. One easy thing, like a stocking stuffer, that you're going to get is coffee bags. And and it's great. I love having an, like a lot of different coffees. But I'm, again, one person. And you run into issues of not being able to drink all that coffee. So some ways to go about it. Go and cold brew your coffee it's going to make it last. Go invest in some airtight seal containers. That's another way to do it. And then don't buy new coffees for a bit. really make sure you use all those coffees. It's, it's one of those things where as long as the coffee's being used, you know, what, you're doing them, you know, some a service, you're doing them not a, a service, but you're doing them justice. You know, you're, you're using what they worked hard to, and as well as the, everyone in the process, what the roasters also and the people who were like giving the green light on these coffees and, you know, every step of the way for it to wind up in your cup, like you're doing them a service when you don't waste that coffee. It, it, it hurts to see that people mistreat the coffee, not even during the brewing process, but I'm saying like just storing the coffee. If people are storing in the fridge without, um, just in the bags themselves. And if you're doing that, okay, I'm not, I don't offend you, but, but be careful because that's how mold and fungus grows because of the condensation that forms. And it's really about keeping moisture away from these, uh, from the beans to make sure they they're going to be preserved. So again, this was just a small, like more serious episode, just to kind of give you some perspective in regards to what's happening on the, backside of your local Starbucks like yeah I'm gonna talk about Starbucks you know um but even on the backside of your favorite little local coffee shop and what if you're seeing anybody like with mispractices just give them a heads up like hey don't don't necessarily just throw away those beans or waste those beans you know and um finding clever ways to not uh to practice steaming um like latte art and stuff like that for uh, shops like one of the one of the things i see a lot is you're going to when you're training somebody to steam milk okay and make latte art one of the things you do is have them make a ton of lattes or a ton of cortados or a ton of whatever and again i i love my owners and i hope they don't get mad at me for saying this but you know sometimes i would train obviously during shift and i would make sure to give the next person came in, I'll be like, hey, we, we're training right now and we we have to make this latte um, for training purposes. Is it OK if it's a whole milk latte? Because that's like the cheapest for us. And we're not going to do some alternative milk for you, you know, unless we're training on that. But um, and most of the time the people are stoked, a, they're stoked because as a customer, you're like, wow, I'm getting a free drink. Again, this is not for every, and We didn't do it all the time here because I'm not trying to waste their money here or anything. But, you know, if you're, we're going to waste it anyways, it was going to be a waste, okay? Um, and when I say waste, it counts as a waste in regards to your expenses here, okay? At least somebody got to enjoy it. And, you know, some companies are going to be like, oh, like, well, you should charge them anyways. Well, you know what, like, Again, if we were going to do this after hours, it was already going to be a waste. I would honestly purchase sometimes like my own milk if we did anything after hours. um, So make sure I wasn't stealing from the store or anything crazy like that. But and and we had beans to use that were practice beans. Um, And that's just because, again, like if if we're going to make sure everything gets used here, we're going to try to take certain steps. But uh, if you can go and turn something that you know that you know another man's trash is another man's like treasure there you know um it's it's one of those things where you can take a product that you might not be the biggest and this is what was killing me. And the people were like, I just don't like the beans. I'm like, okay, I, I don't blame you. Not every bag of beans you're going to like, but don't just throw it away. Go and repurpose it in cold brew. If that's again, I um, mean, when I say doing that, you're like, oh, well, I didn't like the beans anyways. Well, then mix and match, you know, create your own little blend there. Do a pour over so you could taste it first or um, do a drip coffee so you can taste how the blend is, you know, and mess with the ratios there. But, um, you know, if you're not trying to keep it, uh, in an airtight sealed container some people have been throwing it in the freezer in an airtight sealed container that would be good too um just make sure you take it out of that when you take out beans from that container if you're th- storing it in the freezer because we, we've been messing around i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent but we've been messing around with that uh, a couple of friends of mine who are in the industry and we like took out coffees that were like months like way past their quote-unquote like you would normally have a stop date um We would basically, uh, if we didn't cold brew it, we threw it in airtight concealed containers and threw it in the freezer. And they actually, we brewed it like almost like, it had been like a half a year or a little over half a year later. And we tried the coffees and it was still pretty good. Like, obviously you're missing some of the brighter notes there, but it was still pretty good. So you can do that, but you got to take it out fast and make sure you only take out what you're going to use and quickly get it in there again before condensation forms. Because that's just moisture that you don't need. Um, but anyways, if you're not going to cold brew it, you're not going to store in a container, you just want to get rid of them. Well, you know what? You might not like the taste, but you know, your local community might like it. So if you, some people go to church making coffee and bringing in a little hot pot to serve to people at church. Again, if you're not religious going over to like, if you hang out with friends, Hey, like I have this coffee that I could brew up for us and then you guys can have and enjoy it again. Um, your taste preferences are going to be different than others and, uh, don't feel ethically bad. If you're like, Oh, I don't believe in this product. I'm giving it to others. No. Well, again, everyone's taste is different. You might not like bright coffees and they do, or you might like bitter coffees and they don't. It's just like one of those things, you know? So again, please, please, please keep those numbers. I was saying in your mind, uh, and just, and just kind of have it be somewhat of a guide for now when you make decisions, relating to coffee, really. And the next time, you know, we all get that sense of enjoyment. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, that means you you have some bit of an enjoyment about coffee, hopefully. And when you have that cup in your hands, and it gives you just that little bit of enjoyment each day, just like, it's going to let you appreciate it just that much more, you know, that really think about all those steps in that process to get to where you were at brewing that coffee and you're finally get to get to enjoy it. You know, you're just, you know, you're doing them, you know, justice. So again, sorry for a little bit more of a serious note. (laughs) I think, I think hopefully I ended it on a more positive note, took away some things too in regards to how to repurpose coffee. Um, and again, like if you're going to go, um, Basically, like to a store, Uh, just think about where your money and how it affects like these bigger chains adjusted their practices based on what specialty coffee was and like certain coffee shops like Onyx, um, Cat and Cloud. And again, these are local ones to me, but they do a really say coffee over in Brooklyn, but they do a really fantastic job at uh, transparency and going on their sites and looking at their sites based on and seeing how transparent they are is is remarkable and really gives you some insights about what happens on the back end um just so you as an updates about the podcast itself we haven't had any um uh, guests recently just because uh where i live at right now we just had another spike and i'm not again i'm not trying to get political on this podcast but just out of safety for um of course, my guests, as well as myself. Uh, I've been holding off from doing any more guests um, on the show right now. We we are working on doing, um, you know, doing it virtually and remotely. The only problem is that there might be a slight difference in audio quality of course from the guest side of things and it might be more choppy of a discussion but again I'm, I'm just trying to keep everyone's safety in mind so for now I'll keep putting out um, it's been around like every two to three days there'll be a new up episode out um, and I'm trying to stick on that schedule so um, until then though I'm sorry you're gonna have to keep listening to me uh, but we are working on having some r- remote guests in, and again, I'm just apologizing in advance for the, the quality and audio difference, but you know, it's all about adjusting during these times, so uh, we're going to make sure we do it here to keep people safe. So until then, as always, stay safe and uh, really enjoy that next cup of coffee. Cheers.